Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings, Podcast 322. I did, in fact, get my Elder Scrolls Online digital code when I was supposed to, so I have been playing for a little bit over a week, so I have quite a bit to say about that. Mostly it's just kind of a checklist of what is good. And then I do have a little bit of a review and some thoughts about Mutant Year Zero Road to Eden, which I got for Bunny Day as a gift. So I'll talk a little bit about that. And that's it for this time. Hopefully you'll enjoy the show. So I've been playing Elder Scrolls Online's Elsewhere expansion on PC for probably somewhere around 50 to 60 hours so far. This includes a new zone area, which is the homeland of the Khajiit. This has been sort of a fan request for years now. It also includes a brand new class of Necromancer, which is another thing that's been asked by the community pretty much ever since beta. So there are two really big new cool things there. The story is basically that Abner Tharn was doing some exploration and he accidentally (laughs) let out uh, a bunch of dragons. And so the dragons have sort of started terrorizing uh, the lands of elsewhere. They have also made a tie with a usurper queen who is sort of claiming the Khajiit area as her own. And so the main story follows you and Abner Tharn trying to take down the new queen along with new allies uh, from the Khajiit area who are in a sort of a resistance fighting against uh, the usurper queen to, you know, put in place the rightful heir. There is new architecture and new art uh, sort of all over the zone. In one of the sort of preview streams they did, they talk about where they got their influence from uh, in terms of the real world cultures. So the Khajiit lands all feel Uh, very different and unique, and have a very strong uh, flavor for what the Khajiit have been like uh, up until this point. There is one new motif you can get by doing the daily world boss and delve quests. There is another one on the way, supposedly. I would guess this might come with actual launch on the 4th, which you will get from doing dragon dailies. Not sure what that means, but there's dragons flying around the zone, which are sort of like overland world bosses that are massive, massive guys, and they have tons and tons of hit points. Sort of like a raid in the open world. I'd guess the daily dragon quest is, you know, kill a certain one, because there's a few different ones. I guess we'll see in time. And I got a motif for pre-ordering. It's just an outfit look, which that's a whole other argument in a whole other podcast. But I don't know if that motif was because I pre-ordered or because I got the digital collector edition. But I have uh, an additional motif. And there is also a new motif on the dropped sets in the uh, sort of mini trial they have. 
So that is in total four different uh, motifs, which is very cool. There is new music, which is really awesome. There are also variants of the existing tracks. So those are really cool to hear because they have some uh, new Khajiit flavor thrown into them. There are three new craftable sets, though they're just kind of okay. I wasn't like amazed by any of them. So the crafted stuff and the new sets that drop in the overworld area, of which there are also three uh, new overworld dropped sets, those are always just going to be kind of meh. They're not ever going to be super amazing. But that is also very cool. As I mentioned, the biggest change for the overworld area is the dragons. They're pretty much always flying around in the air. There will almost always be one that's either landed or about to land, and they have huge shadows, and you can hear them flying from quite a ways away. It's actually pretty scary. But then, like I said, they are sort of uh, raid uh, level in terms of hit points, so you'll see at least like 8 to 12 people fighting them at any given time, and usually quite a bit more. And usually only the max level ones, uh, like me, are the ones that can stand uh, sort of the dragon attacks, because usually a dragon will do a big attack, and then like, you know, half the people or two-thirds of the people there will just be one-shotted and dead. So that's pretty cool and pretty scary and pretty fun to do. I think probably in time people will just feel they're kind of meh and probably not do them as much. But hopefully, you know, that's still a few months away, because it will take... Uh, several people, uh, even max level people, to uh, be able to take them down. So if people stop doing them, uh, that will be kind of sad because they're a cool, fun thing to do. I guess that's sort of my rambly thoughts. I haven't gotten all the way through the main campaign yet. There is one free house you get uh, with it. Well, I guess there's the free uh, tiny house, which is pretty much just a room that's the size of a closet. But there's actually a better one you get for doing the quest line. And this one is actually pretty cool and unique because they've tied it to completion of the story quests. And it has sort of a a pretty big uh, central area. And then I think by the end of the quest line, I haven't gotten all the way through yet because I'm kind of having fun with uh, multiple characters. But you will unlock sort of a side area, which is another whole big uh, area. And for this one, it is like an outside area. So it's sort of like a backyard slash uh, very nice view of sort of the zone. And then with future DLC, they're going to release access to different areas of the house. There's two more areas. So I would guess that's, you know, the two uh, DLCs that are related to elsewhere. And again, they'll probably be connected to completing the quest for that DLC. So I'm not sure, you know, how long that will take. Probably not super long. But I guess maybe not as many people are completing the quest lines as they had hoped. So this is a really big uh, sort of push to getting people to, you know, go through those quest lines and find out the main story. Oh, speaking of quests, part of why I haven't finished the main quests is because there is so many side quests. I probably have uh, easily... 15, maybe as many as 20 uh, side quests in my queue right now to check out in addition to the main quest line. So there is so, 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 so much to do and so much to see because the Khajiit people are actually several different sort of subspecies within Khajiit. There's the player Khajiit, which we know are standing up and they look like people. 
But there's also Elfik, which look like little tiny house cats. But they also talk and they wear clothes. So they're pretty silly. And there's really big ones that are like lion size that are on all fours. And there's ones that look like people, but they're actually just bigger. So there's a lot to see in terms of lore and new species of Khajiit. And a lot to distract you and check out and have fun with. If you're an Elder Scrolls Online player, it is absolutely worth the money to uh, make the purchase. Even if you don't play the new class, uh, you know, it is still so much to see and do. And I would absolutely recommend it. Uh, it's coming out officially on the 4th. I think you can still get it on PC and get instant access to the, the early access period before that. But the 4th is coming up uh, pretty soon regardless. Mutant Year Zero Road to Eden is sort of a turn-based strategy game slash uh, free movement hybrid. It goes into turn-based whenever you're doing combat, but it's sort of based around a stealth mechanic where you want to sort of kill off a few guys and then uh, you know sneak around and then kill off a few more guys and not take everybody all at once. So once you're in stealth... Then you're in free movement and you walk around uh, in, I guess, real time. So that's a pretty cool uh, hybrid mechanic that I like quite a bit. It speeds up uh, gameplay in the non-combat times quite a bit. It is apparently based on a pen and paper role-playing game. I have not ever played or heard of the game before. But there is apparently quite a lot of lore uh, to pull from and a lot of content they could release in the future. It took me 15 hours to get through the game. I have 44% of the achievements. I believe there are 24 maps in total, but these are static maps, and so the replayability isn't, uh, I, I would say, really high. Because everything is static, you know where everything is, you know how the layout is, and that doesn't change from game to game. Which is a good thing, because it's got a pretty steep... Uh, difficulty level. I played on the lowest setting, not on Iron Man. Usually I play Iron Man, which means you don't control your saves, it just saves every turn. But even the, the lowest difficulty not set on Iron Man, so I could, you know, reload a save, that was pretty difficult for me, and I had quite a bit of a hard time getting through it. I would say it's compared to XCOM's uh, sort of second difficulty so it's quite challenging and uh, quite a lot of fun. But again, uh, you know, because it is super difficult, I don't think anybody but uh, super hardcore turn-based strategy fans are going to do uh, a second playthrough or continue uh, to get, you know, that 100%. If I recall, there are a total of five characters uh, sort of in your group, but you can only have three in your party at any given time. But you can switch them out anytime you are not in combat. So, you know, your group sort of walks around uh, as a whole, even though you don't see those extra couple of people. Each character does have a small skill tree, and as you level up, 
uh, your group levels up as a whole. So you can change uh, characters and spec them out how you want uh, that suits best to your playstyle. So there's quite a lot of flexibility there. It is pretty fun, but I do recommend caution with making a purchase of it. Because like I said, it is a pretty short playthrough if you're uh, not a super hardcore uh, turn-based strategy player. If you're just sort of, uh, I, I guess you could say casual like me, and you enjoy them, but you don't want you know that really ridiculous extreme challenge, then you're probably not going to play through it uh, more than the one time. So do be mindful of that. But I would say because of the lore, because of how well done it is, uh, it is definitely worth looking at if you are, uh, you know, again, like me, even just a casual uh, turn-based strategy player who enjoys that sort of thing. And like I said, it is based on a pen and paper game, so there's always the possibility they could add more uh, downloadable content or, you know, make a, a sequel in the future. From the newsroom... There is sort of an indirect uh, news for this time, and that is Computex is going on pretty much right now while I'm recording this. By the time uh, this podcast comes out, it will be mostly over. I think it's over officially like on Sunday of this weekend. But everybody's showing off uh, their new upcoming tech that they're going to release in the next few months. If you're like me and you're always uh, watching out for what's going on with laptops... Uh, again, you'll want to watch for Wi-Fi 6. That'll be the biggest change. But we might see some uh, newer models uh, showing off at Computex uh, this week slash weekend. We might get more solid dates about things that are coming up. Like Asus announced their uh, Strix and Hero 3 uh, a couple months ago, I think. So I've been keeping an eye out for them. But they've sort of appeared and disappeared from uh, listings. So that's a little bit weird. I think maybe specs aren't 100% finalized. And of course, all the other big ones are uh, doing spring refreshes as well. Got some stuff coming out for the Acer Predator. We've got stuff from MSI, from Gigabyte, from Alienware. All the big people are doing uh, new versions of laptops, so we should see those coming out very soon. I think probably by the end of June, uh, most of those will probably be out. But we might see some new... Uh, stuff shown off at Computex to keep an eye out for. I do know the big thing so far everybody is uh, very excited about is that AMD is coming out with uh, sort of a new architecture and new uh, CPUs, which will use PCI Express 4. And the big deal there is it has double the bandwidth as PCI Express 3. So that means graphics cards can have twice as much bandwidth to uh, push graphics through. Hard drives have twice as much bandwidth to push information through. So those uh, could be uh, literal game changers, but uh, usually something like that, you know, you're talking about hardware spec, it's got to reach sort of mass uh, saturation before it gets to uh, the mainstream. So we're probably looking at about three, maybe as many as uh, four or even five years before those really hit mainstream and everybody's like, okay, all the new graphics cards are PCI 4 now. Because this is one of those big uh, generational changes that are like, if you're not 
you know, on PCI 4, you know, you can't use any of the parts independently because they're not compatible to PCI 3. You know, you've got to change your core of your system. And a lot of people only do that every, you know, five or ten years even sometimes. So, you know, usually an adoption of technology change like that is a little bit slower uh, than something that's, you know, on like a graphics board. Like recently we saw ray tracing come out for NVIDIA. Uh, apparently AMD's ray tracing is on the way. You know, something like that's a lot easier adoption for players because, you know, the player base changes over as they change their graphics cards, which they change, uh, you know, much more frequently than their motherboard and CPU. So while it is an amazing big deal, Intel also has to adopt it and it has to reach, you know, saturation in the marketplace before, you know, we see a lot of people specifically designing games to take advantage of that. But, you know, that is something to watch out for, uh, sort of long-term. Again, like I said, I would guess about three years it will probably become a lot more relevant than it is uh, today. Because even today, they're like, the stuff's going to come out, you know, in quarter three. So that's still, you know, four to six months away uh, before it even starts to come out on the market. But I guess that's really it for the news uh, this time. I can't think of anything else to watch out for. Of course, if you check my... Uh, website or my Facebook page, I will talk about uh, whatever fancy tech is coming up uh, that I see from Computex and in the future. So I guess that's it for this week's podcast. I think I'm getting a bit of cold. My throat sounds a little bit off and I'm very sniffly and and sneezy so far today. There haven't been any donations lately. Uh, I'm still holding on to a little bit of my last one, which I need to uh, pay for some phone time with because I've threatened to shut that down if I don't pay that. And then I have part of the next uh, car insurance, which is due... Uh, pretty much now when you hear this. But I have no idea uh, how I'll pay for the car registration, which is due in a month and a half. Because that's going to be uh, probably right around 200 bucks, And I have uh, nothing for that. So I'm quite worried about how I'm going to pay uh, car insurance and car registration because those are both pretty big bills. And, you know, I always have a, a hard time with that. So hopefully uh, pretty soon I will get some help and uh, be able to pay for them. I guess it got a little bit of a sniffly cold, but I guess uh, overall I'm okay other than being uh, super sad and worried about money. And of course, spring is finally starting to get a little bit warm, uh, so that always helps me feel a little bit better. But I guess that's it for this time, and hopefully I'll see everybody uh, next time in three weeks. I don't know uh, what I'll talk about, because now I've talked about (laughs) the one big thing I had coming up, uh, Elder Scrolls. I guess I can do some uh, closing thoughts on that because by then I will have uh, definitely finished the main campaign and the additional side quests. But I don't know uh, what else I could talk about uh, because I don't know what else is coming up. I don't have anything uh, planned. 
but hopefully I'll see everybody then. Okay, thanks, bye. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. When you type Rabbit's Ramblings, don't use the space. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you like my page, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on YouTube at rabbitdot.com. I have a page on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash rabbit, R-A-B-B number one T. You can set up a monthly recurring subscription there at a price point of your choice. Be sure to put the number 1 in place of I anytime you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright Eric Stryker using a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Derivatives License 2019.